what the four is up, everybody. First episode, first round, first edition, whatever you want to call it. What the four podcast. My good friend, good buddy, Taylor Riggs, Coach Taylor Riggs, uh, and I will take you around the world of golf. Um, one cover, some topics, headlines at the forefront of golf. Obviously, uh, competitive golf put on hold uh, for right now during these challenging and, and different times um, we're experiencing. We hope everyone out there is staying healthy, staying safe. Um, but we're here to provide insight, provide uh, knowledge, information, um, everything golf. Um, we'll tackle uh, a lot of headlines today um, from the postponement of the Olympics um, to hypothetical uh, situations, hypothetical matchups. This week on the PGA Tour would have been the uh, WGC Dell Technologies match play, Austin Country Club, Austin, Texas. Um, favorite tournament for a lot of people. I know uh, after living two years in the great state of Texas, it's it's definitely a, a favorite uh, tournament down there and, a, and an unbelievable sporting event put on by the great people uh, of the city of Austin and the state of Texas. Uh, uncover that. Uncover a few more topics. Uh, obviously, being college coaches, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the college game, um, the state of the college game. Uh, unfortunately, how uh, all of our seasons ended a little too soon. Um, but we'll uncover it. We'll talk about it. And then we'll get into our 19th old segment, uh, answering some questions uh, from our listeners. Without further ado. We're on the tee. The four is up, everybody. Coach Daniel DeLuca here, joined by my good friend, Coach Taylor Riggs. Absolutely, Dan. It's great to be here with you, and uh, I'm excited for uh, for what we have going, bud. Man, the maiden voyage. The first episode, What the Four podcast. Feels pretty good. You know, it feels great. I think all the phone conversations we have with each other, you know, looking back on those, I think it's just uh, it was just destiny for us to start a podcast eventually. And especially in these times that we're in right now, uh, couldn't think of a better time to start and uh, really excited to get this thing going. Man, just crazy times, crazy times. We hope everyone out there is staying healthy, staying safe. Um, T, as I'll call you during uh, this podcast a lot, um, going back to our college days. What have you been up to, man? What, what's what? I've been on a little bit of a week's uh, a week of travel here. Uh, was that was back in Louisville with my family last week. Played a little bit of golf there. Uh, I've been in at my uh, my wife's parents' house the past couple of days, and we've just kind of been hanging out here. We've actually played a couple of rounds of golf here as well, um, but really just hanging out and making the best of the time that we have, and uh, and just enjoying it. So uh, we're supposed to head back to down to uh, to Cleveland tomorrow. And uh, kind of going from there. What about yourself? What have you guys been up to? Man, it's hashtag quarantine life. I mean, it's just what it yeah. is right now. But um, just been kind of kicking back, catching up on on some sleep and, and shows and playing a ton of golf. Uh, I tell you that, yeah. the game's getting back in shape. So, um, played 27 yesterday. No flag sticks in. So, uh, shout, out, shout out Scott Fawcett, Decade System. That came in handy. Um, and then 
then went out to the course today, walk nine, uh, the local course here in Cornwall, New York. Shout out Storm King Golf Club, one of the oldest uh, hundred, one of the original hundred oldest golf courses in the U.S. Established 1894. Um, walk nine, they've got the you know the cups turned upside down, flag sticks are in. Um, yeah. But you know your ball just either bounces off the flag stick or doesn't even come close to touching the flag stick. So that's good. Everybody's practicing social distancing right now, including the flag stick. So. Yeah, no, I think it's been really great to see how golf courses have kind of adapted to this whole social distancing thing. Um, and it's been great to see that golf courses have been able to stay open, at least in Kentucky and Ohio that I've seen. Um, but, you know, I think it's kind of been a nice release for people to kind of get out and, and play some golf, you know, and it's kind of one of the things that you can still do and, and, and be safe while doing it. So it's been, it's been good. But, Dan, tell us, uh, you know, obviously we're both, you know, college coaches, Let's share with uh, the listeners kind of where we're coaching and kind of maybe where we've been in the past. Uh, so that way they have a little bit of background there. Absolutely. Uh, currently, I'm the assistant men's golf coach uh, up here at Army West Point in West Point, New York. Um, you know, got my played college golf at Eastern Kentucky University with, with you, my man. Um, going back to the glory days, um, sure. their conference championship um, under Coach Pat Stevens. But um, went to grad school, uh, at Eastern was a graduate assistant, uh, for both men's and women's programs there. And then, uh, was fortunate enough to have a lot of help, um, from coaches that I came in contact with that year and, and, uh, from working at us golf camps that I was able to get hired, um, by coach Trey Schrader down at Stephen F. Austin state university in the big town of Nacogdoches, Texas, uh, shout out Nacogdoches, oldest town in Texas, um, but a whole lot of people didn't know that. Um, but it, it was an awesome two years down there. Um, and then definitely was fortunate enough for Coach Bagley to hire me up here um, back in September. So been rocking and rolling. Um, it was an unfortunate way to end uh, the first season with the guys up here, uh, the cadets at West Point. But um, out of our control, I know we'll be, we'll be back um, at it uh, this summer and fall and, and better than ever. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. So, what what about you, man? Give the listeners a little a little background info. Sure, a couple of places I've been. Um, I was actually a graduate assistant at Eastern Kentucky the year before you were. So, I had humongous shoes to fill. Humongous shoes to fill. <laughs> shoes to fill. Oh, that's so kind of you. Uh, Shaq but... size twenty two shoe. <laughs> so yeah, I was down there um, helping out the men and the women's team there. Um, and then I was able to get a head coaching job um, at the University of the Cumberlands. And we, uh, that was at the NAI, which is a little bit different from the NCAA. Um, had a great time enough to meet my wife there. Uh, was Had some great, great teams there, some great players to be around. Really enjoyed my time there. Um, and then this past August, um, I was fortunate enough to start here at Cleveland State University um, coaching the women's program um, up in Cleveland. And, uh, man, it's been a good ride we had this past season. Um, obviously, um, I'm fortunate to have it in the way it did, um, you know, with our season getting canceled. Um, but really, really pumped about the momentum that we have um, going on at Cleveland State and our administration and, and everybody we have surrounding our program. It's really been great and, and really looking forward to, uh, to getting back out there in August and uh, so, yeah, that's kind of where I am. So 
currently live in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I'm not a Browns fan, but I am an Indians fan. So, uh, so that's kind of my perspective on the Cleveland professional sports world as well. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's great to, uh, it's great to be in the coaching business and it's great to have a best friend as well. Who's also in the coaching business so we can bounce ideas off of each other all the time. So does, does Cleveland rock? Oh, it absolutely rocks. Every single Cleveland day, rocks, every man. single day, dad, every single day. Drew Carey <laughs> growing up, man. Great show. That's right. <laughs> so, well, guys and girls, uh, you're on with us, our maiden voyage. Uh, we're not just going to talk, uh, college game, college coaches. We're going to take you around the world of golf. Um, discuss the most important topics uh, in the game uh, currently at the forefront. What the four podcast? Um, T, what do you say? Biggest news, I think, right now, the Olympics. Yes. Uh, you know, I think it's um, – I want to take us back about a week and a half ago um, when the NBA canceled – or they postponed their season. I think we all kind of thought this was an overreaction. Um, that was a week and a half ago. I, something like that. It, it, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I remember, it was like, I remember when that happened and I was like, okay, like the NBA is a little overboard sometimes, but clearly they were not, they were definitely thinking down the right path. But, you know, now that the, you know, you think about the Olympics, you know, the Olympics is a worldwide competition. Athletes train for four years straight to be able to compete in the Olympics. And so think about that being pushed back another year. Think about the economic impact, you know. So it's not just, you know, it's it's wild to think about in that sense. Um, but from a golf perspective, you know, currently for the United States, you got Brooks, JT, um, Dustin Johnson and Pat, uh, Patrick Reed, who would be in there. Uh, those are the top four American players. And obviously P Reed would get in since he's in the top 15. Um, but, you know, you know, there could be a lot of fluctuation in that in the next year, you know? And um, so it'll be very interesting to see. I'm sorry. I misspoke there. Number six is Patrick Cantlay. So the fourth American player would be Patrick Cantlay. I just had Patrick written down here, uh, but it would actually be Patrick Cantlay. So, um, it'll be kind of interesting to see how that plays out a year from now um, and kind of who gets those bids to play in the Olympics, um, because I think that is becoming a bigger deal uh, for golfers and, and for golfers coming up to uh, to actually participate in those Olympics. So um, it'll kind of be an interesting thing to see. What are, what are some of your thoughts that you had, Dan? Yeah, I think, I mean, like you said, you know, athletes prepare, um, you know, for every four years, of training and preparation, not only physically, but mentally. Um, and, and a lot of them prepare four years to compete for uh, an hour. Um, yeah. it, it's just, it, it's crazy. The training that they go through and the stress they put on their bodies uh, to do that, um, to wear the, the stars and bars uh, on their, on their chest and, and on their backs. But, um, it, you know, golf's a little different since, you know, they're kind of mid season. I would say at that point, maybe towards the end of the season. So everybody's pretty much in tip top shape um, when it comes to the golfing side. Um, but yeah, the U S team uh, would have put a very strong team out there. Yeah. Um, men's and women's even on the women's side, you have Nellie Corda, Daniel King and Lexi Thompson uh, kind of uh, the three that have been at the forefront of women's uh, golf for a while here in, in the United States. So, um, but I just, 
kind of feel for the course over there in Tokyo, uh, Kasuma Gaseki Country Club, East Course. Uh, not that well known of a course to a lot of people here. Um, so you know them having to them going through all their preparation uh, anywhere from the staff there to the grounds crew, uh, getting that course ready. Now you know saying it's going to be hey delayed a year, but we just don't know when we're going to have it. Um, that's, that's gotta be tough on them. Sure. Um, just a little background on the course renovated by Tom Fazio in 2016. Um, and really besides the Olympics, it, it, it's only hosted, you know, the biggest tournaments hosted was the Asian amateur championship in 2010. So, um, you know, that's a, a testament to them going, you know, zero to 100, uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, Oh, by the way, here's the Olympics. Uh, here you go. So, um, but at the end of the day, it was the right call. No, no uh, doubt. No doubt. Yeah, health and safety of the athletes is, is the most important uh, priority, most important thing to look out for. So it, at the end of the day, it was the right call. Um, it just kind of stinks because, you know, we all look forward to the Summer Olympics and, and uh, you know, the lighting of the torch and, and the opening ceremony parading in. Um, and then, obviously, the, all the events and all the athletes. So, yeah. Um, it's going to happen. We don't know when. Hopefully it happens next year. Um, but for, for, you know, for humanity's sake, um, for our sake, and, and definitely for over in Tokyo. Yeah, and, you know, Dan, I think the main thing, that the biggest thing that I took away from what you just said there was that they made the right decision. You know, I think um, – and even looking at the NCAA, you know, we all love March Madness and all of that, but the correct thing to do was to not play. You know, I mean, can you imagine yeah. if, if they would have played that first week of the NCAA tournament and, you know, what could have possibly happened, you know, with some of the athletes and madness, you know, it would have been, madness would happen. No, it would have been terrible, you know. And so, you know, you see some people maybe criticize the NCAA early on. They're like, oh, my gosh, well, we have to have our basketball. But, man, there's so much bigger things going on. And and the overall health of the athletes is is much more important than than any viewership, you know, for myself or, or anyone, you know? So I think that's something that uh, that's a main thing. And, and including with the Olympics, you know, we have to do what's best for these athletes and, uh, and make sure everybody's uh, staying healthy out there. Um, One, 100%, man. I mean, we're going to get through this. There's no doubt, yeah. um, you know, where it's just uh, at different times and changing times, but we're definitely going to get through it. You know, we're definitely going to have sports at some point. Uh, rather than later, uh, you know, we're it's setting up to be a pretty good fall uh, of sports, and we'll get into that later um, in the show. But you know, kind of the the calm before the storm, if you would. Sure. Um, when it comes to sports and and what we've got on the docket here coming up, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, in the fall we get back at it. Sure. Now, uh, so the Dell match play, the WGC Dell match play, was supposed to be played. Um, I don't know if it was either this week or, or some, some, somewhere around this week. I believe it was this week. Um, so, Dan, I know, I know this is an event that you thoroughly enjoy. Um, so we have actually – the WGC, they actually posted the bracket that we would have had. Um, and there were some pretty intriguing matchups in the first round. Um, so kind of talk us through that a little bit and kind of, um, kind of what your thoughts on those, some of those matchups were and, and kind of where you think they would have gone. I would absolutely love to, man. Austin, Texas, home of the great one, Matthew McConaughey. Just keep living. Sure. <laughs> keep living. What, what, and probably my favorite event 
uh, on the docket for the PJ Tour, obviously, besides uh, a little place called Augusta uh, in April. Just the course uh, is incredible, the way they set it up. Um, the fact that it's 1v1 match play all week uh, on the golf course is, is just electric um, and is downright awesome. Um, but just looking uh, at the early pairings, um, just hypothetically and what they would have drew, uh, Tiger versus Phil first round. I mean, there's probably 20,000 people out at that place. Yeah. Uh, and it would have been first round would have been yesterday on a Wednesday. So out of 20,000 people, 19,995 are watching that match. And the other five are, uh, in the hospitality tent on like 12. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Ty, I mean, this is what we've been dreaming of. This is what, uh, we've been waiting for a Tiger versus Phil. Um, it stinks that it, it just has to happen hypothetically. Um, but that would have been yesterday. Um, today, Tiger would have taken on uh, the man uh, they call na 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 Kevin Na. And, I, you know, I was thinking earlier today, if these two played each other, why even keep score, you know? Just whoever walks in the most made putts wins. They just win the match. <laughs> very true. That's very true. It, That's Kevin Na is known for that, and Tiger made a little little homage to him last year at, at the players. I think that's great. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, especially for Tiger, those first two matches, they would have been very intriguing just to watch. You know, and Phil, Phil and Tiger, obviously. Uh, but then you look at a guy like Kevin Na, who's a little bit of a gritty player himself, uh, great putter of the golf ball as well. Um, it would have been great just to see those two matches and how they would have played out. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, we're, we're talking hypotheticals here, but, uh, but there definitely would have been some good golf played um, down in Austin this week for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first, first event back in a while for Tiger. Mm -hmm. um, been kind of nursing uh, the back uh, again, um, laying low, you know, trying to get healthy. Obviously, was trying to get healthy before. Uh, the big one in April in Augusta, Georgia. But um, like you said, this this tournament always produces just electricity. Um, the people of Austin get behind it. Um, Dell Technologies, the sponsor, does an awesome job putting it on. Yeah. Um, you know, Tiger made some noise here last year, you know, holing out on, on 15 uh, or 14, sorry, the short drivable par four. Yeah. Um, but just, just awesome stuff. It, it you know, it, it happens at such a cool point uh, in the year. They haven't played match play in a while. Um, and then, boom, top 64 players in the world. Uh, here you go. Have at it. And I think, um, you know, something I always take from that event, Dan, since it's been in Austin, you know, this time of year in Austin, golf courses are a little crispy. They're a little baked. Um, the Bermuda hasn't quite fully come in in the rough, so it's a little bit more firm than it usually is, I would say. Um, so from a viewer perspective, you know, I've always enjoyed watching that event on TV uh, just because it's not literally just spot golf. You know, it's not just fired every single pin and and, you know, whatever. But you actually see the ball roll out quite a bit. I know the 18th hole there when matches get to the 18th hole, uh, the players have a choice of hitting driver and driving it up near the green or they can kind of hang back. Um but, you know, that kind of creates a little bit of drama there. And, and I love the way that the golf course plays down there uh, because, obviously, in Texas, it's always a little bit windy down there. Um, but I, th I think that that golf course is just a perfect setup down the stretch uh, for, for a match play event. And I think it's, um, it's always, you know, I, 
I look forward to it every year, as you said. And, uh, and I think it's uh, a great event on the PGA Tour that we have. So, Absolutely. I mean, look at Tiger's match last year against Lucas. The, the funnest last name to say in golf, Lucas Beauregard. Mm-hmm. Beauregard, Beauregard. Um, right. Just, you know, he, he, he drives in the greenside bunker, pff, done. Tiger wins. Right. And then before you know it, he, he's, he's packing up and heading home on the, uh, on the PJ. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Like, it's it's an awesome, awesome golf course to watch. Memorable holes, uh, right there on the Colorado River and, and the Pennybacker Bridge, and um, it's just a lot of fun to watch um, this time of the year. Get you know, we're getting geared up. We're starting to see the Masters commercials come on ESPN, you know, um, every day, and, and we're ready to go. Golf's here, uh, and it's ramping up at this point. Yeah, for sure. Now, Dan, I know you have a uh, a final four picked out from the match play, and and I do as well. So, so share with us and and everybody else what your final four matchups would have been for this week. I'd be glad to. I went with just straight bombers of the golf ball, um, and then Mister Reliable, Mister Consistent, uh, Matt Kuchar. Um, as you were saying, Austin Country Club can get crispy out there. Um, guys are hitting it forever sure uh forever um so my first semifinal would have been tony finau versus dustin johnson and then on the other side of the bracket uh the next semifinal would have been um again mr reliable mr consistent matt kuchar seems to always show up in austin seems to always show up every week uh on the leaderboard whether it be stroke play match play uh, skins game, Stableford, you name it. The guy's up there you know, every week. Dan, it seems like the only thing that doesn't quite show up for him is uh, maybe sometimes his correct tipping of caddies. But I mean, you teed me up for that one, so I had to go there. But uh, you know, I had to had to had to make a stretch there. But uh, sometimes he shortchanges a couple couple loopers, but that's okay. So continue. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that one be. All right. You know, yeah. ex- ex- exchange rates are different uh, was- country to country, and. and- uh, I'll leave that one be. Um, <laughs> it was too easy for me. I <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's it's a, a downwind par five yeah, exactly. um, for you. <laughs> sure. Uh, but uh, Mr. Kuchar, uh, Matty Ice, uh, Ice in his veins, would have played Brooks Kepka. Nice. Um, so there you go. Three of the four longest hitters on the PGA Tour. Um, finals, I had Kepka facing off against uh, Dustin Johnson, uh, Tyson, and Holyfield there. Uh, heavyweight matchup, uh, drivers of the golf ball. Good friends um, as well. They're good friends as well. So. Great friends uh, down there. And, and shout out Jupiter, Florida, um, Southeast Florida. But, yeah, I mean, that would have been a heavyweight matchup. Um, I, I, You know, I had Tiger getting out of pool play. Yeah, I, I, I definitely had him getting out of pool play. I just think he hasn't had enough, wouldn't have had enough competitive reps um, in him to get to where he would need to be to make a run at that thing. Um, but I think it would have been electric. I think he would have got out of pool play um, for sure. But then, you know, most likely losing uh, first round, maybe to Adam Scott. Uh, or even in the quarterfinals to uh, Brooks Kepka, um, eventually. So, um, but I, I think it would have been a big week, huge week. It's always fun when the best players in the world get together. 
No, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Um, my final four that I had picked out, um, and I'll just go through this briefly because it's not very – I didn't do a whole lot of research on it, to be quite frankly, honestly, Dan. Because <laughs> um, looking at it, I actually have three of the top five players in the world, and I don't think that's very valid. Um, so <laughs> coming out of the top bracket, I had Rory McIlroy. I mean, he's the number one player in the world. Don't, uh, you know, say what you will there. Um, coming out of the bottom bracket over there, I had Justin Thomas. Uh, Dan, I'm a Louisville guy. I will be bipartisan to, to, towards Justin Thomas on this podcast every single time. So I'm a huge JT guy, and I love the guy. Um, love what he does, and uh, I'm always pulling for him big time. Um, Have to be, Kentucky boy. Sure, absolutely. Got, always got to pull for that guy. Love the way he represents the state of Kentucky. Um, got a guy out of this top right bracket that you probably won't know that I'm going to pick, um, but his name's Graham McDowell. You know, I think Graham is a great match play player. Um, I definitely think he would have made a little bit of noise this week. Um, and then in that bottom bracket, um, I had Brooks Kepka. I just think Brooks is uh, – I think he's always – it doesn't matter where they're playing. He's a horse for a course, and I think he's uh, always very solid, obviously. Um, but he's also, you know, coming back from that knee surgery, I think he's kind of – he is he was ready to make a little bit of a statement, and he, he was ready to kind of make a move in his game. He needed to do that. Um, to really get ready for Augusta, that would have been coming up. So I think he would have had a solid week this week. And uh, so, yeah, that was my final four, and that's kind of where I got to. So, um, but, yeah, Dan, I, I also want to ask you, you know, the PGA Tour has been postponed until May 10th, uh, which that would have got us through the Byron Nelson. Um, so so where when do you think we're going to see live golf again? Mm. Man. I, I think I'm I'm more optimistic I think than a lot of people right now. Sure. I think I'm hoping into May. Um, but then you know with the, with the PGA at, at Harding Park being postponed as well, you know that leaves a gap there. You know Father's Day weekend in June. Yeah. So I can also see like the weekend after that. Um, coming back uh, and seeing some live golf. But, I, I mean, golf's kind of in, in a pretty good spot because um, it could be the first sporting event we see back uh, on TV out of, you know, all the major uh, professional sports uh, that are going to be played. Uh, so, I mean, it's played outdoors, you know, maybe minimize the amount of grandstands going up. Um, obviously, you got to have – uh, concession stands and, and corporate tents and restrooms and all that. Um, but, you know, besides that, uh, people are, are out walking and, and watching uh, the best players in the world. I mean, it, it's uh, from a, a sporting event standpoint coming out of, of something like uh, this and, and the times we're in, I, I think it could be at the forefront, you know, no pun intended. Yeah, no, no I agree with you. I, you know, I'm probably not as optimistic as you are, uh, which is usually the case. I feel like that's that's a that's a reoccurring thing. Yeah, history repeats itself. Yeah, so you know, I'm I'm thinking maybe the U.S. Open, maybe the you know the USGA has not said anything yet. Uh, you know, but just imagine how big that would be for that to be the first event back. You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean that would be a ginormous event. 
Um, but here's the thing too, I, and, and, and you were actually signed up for USGA, US Open local qualifying. Um, you know, how would they do the local qualifying? Would they have a local qualifying? You know, would they be able to have sectional qualifying for the US Open? You know, what would the US Open really be open this year? You know, it, it, that's a very, there's a lot of, lot of points to it. Um, but I think we can both agree that I, I think we need to have golf back sooner rather than later. And, but we also need to wait till it's safe for these players to be out there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that would be incredible. Um, if the first event back is the U S open, um, you know, the USGA has come out and said, you know, we're going to postpone, uh, local qualifying, uh, Right now, they, they haven't postponed sectional qualifying. Sectional qualifying is still on. Um, it's always, you know, they call it the longest day in golf, 36 holes that Monday after uh, uh, Muirfield, yeah. uh, Jack's place. So, I, I mean, you know, if we get into end of May, I think, you know, they could come out and say, hey, let's let's start this thing at, at Muirfield, and um, then we'll get, you know, right into the U.S. Open. Or they could be like, all right, let's do qualifying. Let's first event back, boom the granddaddy of them all. Yeah. U.S. Open. Now, I would love for them to get back at Muirfield because that's an easy event for me to go down to. I would love to go down and watch Muirfield. That's a great place to go watch a golf tournament. So, um, so yeah, I hope they're back by then. Um, so, Dan, let's talk a little bit about these majors here. You know, I, I actually want to go through the four majors and pick a winner, even though we don't know when these four majors are going to be played. Um, so I know that probably presents a little bit of a challenge. Um but I do want to kind of kind of swing through these majors real quick and and kind of pick a winner. So so Augusta, it, the rumor in the golf world is that Augusta is going to be played um, in October. Um, so tell me who uh, tell me who you're picking at the Masters in, in October. I mean, uh, just throw you know throw it in a hat and draw it. Uh, but Augusta in April, or, uh, sorry, in October is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fall foliage, foliage coming out. Um, I think it plays into an iron. One of the, you know, a good iron player on tour, great iron player. Um, you know, I think it's going to be firm. I think it's going to be fast uh, in April. Or in, gosh, I keep saying April. This is depressing. <laughs> Um, in October, um, I, I look at a guy that has had success there, but has just kind of not been able to close the deal. I don't know if it's been the soft conditions, um, but he seems to be up there a lot. I, I mean, I would go Louis Ustazen, hundred percent right out of the gate. Uh, I think, you know, it would play into his hand firm and fast. Um, the guy puts it lights out out there, knows that place like the back of his hand. Um, I, I would say Louis Oosthuizen. That's a really nice pick. Now I wasn't expecting you to go that direction. That was pretty nuts. I, I surprise myself sometimes as well. Yeah. So so I'm going to toss this out here, and I actually I have a I have a little news clip that I heard last week. Um, this player he was asked last week, you know, if if um, if the Masters was played in December, would you show up and play it? And his answer was. I don't care if we have to play the par three course, I'm going to show up and I'm going to play and I'll be ready to play if it's for a green jacket. And the guy who said that was Justin Thomas. And, and Boom. I, I'm a big believer in, 
players' mindsets going into to, uh, to golf tournaments. And I love his mindset going into that golf tournament if it's in October. You know, I think he's going to go in with the mindset that it's an opportunity. And, and I love that. I, lo- I love the fact that he hits it a long way, obviously. He's a great iron player. Um, you know, I'm thinking maybe in October the greens might not be as – I don't want to say as fast because they definitely will be fast. But they, it might not be as big of a deal. You know what I'm saying? Um, I say that, but I'm going to be completely wrong on that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but I'm thinking that's kind of been his hang-up there is the Greens have kind of got him. Um, and they've kind of kept him out of contention lately. Um, but I'm going to go with JT. I think he's, he's got a pretty good shot anytime. I, I do think he will win the Masters by, by the end of his career. Um, so why not make it this year? Might as well. So. Yeah, he's got to. I mean, yeah. he's he's he's, he's got to win it eventually. Yeah, absolutely. And that that would be a cool sight to see uh, his good buddy Tiger Woods putting the jacket on yeah, for sure. That would be very cool. So, what uh, what do we got next? What's the next major? So we got TPC Harding ah, a lot Park. Of whack here. TPC Harding Park uh, out in San Francisco. There is no telling when they're going to play this. I have no idea. Um, Right after the Masters, back to back, Masters, yeah. straight into PGA. Sorry, Sea Island. That'd be cool. That'd you be know, great. I, I love watching Sea Island every year, um, but sorry, you know, just th- this that would be incredible. October, you know, Dan, I'll I'll throw this name out there, and I don't have any merit behind it, but um, I think Rory McIlroy will win there. I don't know. Sure, I think the course sets up for him well. I think, yeah, uh, obviously in. in in recent history, uh, you know, the PGA Championship has been dominated by the bombers of the, the so-called bombers in the game. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think you got to look at Rory. I think you got to look at Dustin Johnson, a Brooks Kepka, um, Tiger, California kid, sure. California boy. Um, got to throw him in the mix. Um, I, you know, I think that's his one focus right now. I, I mean, he could go out and play let's say he plays eight events, you know, for the next four or five years, just the week before every major and then every major, you know, I, I think he's eventually uh, all things considered stays healthy. He's going to catch Jack. I don't know if he'll break it. I think he's definitely tying it though. Sure. Uh, that's a, that's a bold take, but I, I appreciate bold takes, Dan. So, um, so, so let's talk a little bit of winged foot real quick. Um, who are you thinking? Right in the backyard. Who, yeah. Right in the backyard. That's in your neck of the woods. So you have a little bit of local knowledge there. Uh, who are, what are your thoughts on wing foot and kind of uh, maybe, maybe some people who could contend there. Couldn't tell you a single hole okay. uh, out at wing foot, <laughs> um, but it is in the backyard. Um, probably wouldn't let me through the gates right now, um, but hoping, hoping that will change. Um, you know, obviously uh, the Aussie, Took it down last time the U.S. Open was out there. The famous uh, collapse coming down the stretch by uh, Phil Mickelson, sure. uh, fellow lefty uh, in the game. Uh, rare and hard to come by, uh, us lefties. But, um, gosh, thrown off guard at this one, man. Yeah, no, it's a little bit of a tough it, draw, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I think Ogilvy won at five over. Yes. Last time it was there. I mean – this course just beats you up. Um, you know, I'll, I'll throw a name out there. Um, an American. 
I, I would go uh, Tony Finau. Okay. I like Tony. I think he's a great yeah. guy. And I really like his game. I think he's actually built a lot of confidence since the President's Cup. So, I, I mean, I closed, I closed my eyes there and threw a dart at a dartboard. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I really – I think Tony Finau's close. Um, considering that that could be the first major played, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he would be a, a really good uh, – his first major would be at a U.S. Open. I think that would be awesome. Oh, that would be fantastic. You know, I have one guy that I'm going to pick here, Dan, and I, I, I'll tell you why right after I tell you. Um, but his name is Alexander Shockway, and I think uh, I think he's – the reason I think he's going to contend there is I think he's tough. I, I think he's obviously tough. And I think when you have a golf course like Wingfoot um, that is so demanding, you know, you need somebody who drives it fairly straight. Xander does that. You need somebody who can just kind of step up and make those five to ten footers pretty frequently. I think Xander does that very well. Uh, he's pretty level-headed, calm guy. Um, I think he's really – honestly, I think he's built to win a U.S. Open. I think he's kind of set up to win a U.S. Open in his career. Um, but, yeah, that's my pick. I think uh, I think he'll perform well there, and I think the golf course will uh, set up for him pretty well. He's another guy who was on that USA – president's cup team this past year you know down in australia and i think you're going to see a lot of those guys you know take a lot of confidence away from that yeah 100 i think you're going to see that and and they're going to kind of grow from that so um absolutely yeah so last major of the year we got royal st george's i don't know even i don't even know what country that's in so i have no idea so i'm just going to guess with i'm picking tiger and he's going to win so that's where I'm at, Dan. I'll, I'll say Tiger, and we'll put this to bed. Okay, let's move, move on. on. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I'm with you there. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> so I, I do want to pick your brain on this real quick. Um, there's been there's been one golf story out there that's been a little touchy for some people. Uh, Brandel Chambly. He made, oh, man. made a few comments. Um, I don't know the direct comments, but I know he made a lot of comments towards swing instruction and swing instructors that were not good. Um, And I don't think we need to like hash out what he actually said. I don't think that's necessary. Um, But, you know, I I do want to hear your thoughts and, you know, being college coaches, we have players who have swing coaches. Yeah. All of them pretty much. Yeah, all Absolutely. And that's great. Um, but I kind of want to hear your position on this and what your thoughts are on what Brandel, the situation with Brandel is. Yeah. I, I mean, I think swing instructors are, are so good for the game. Um, and now, you know, in, in the recent, you know, six, seven to 10 years, uh, you see more, you know, when you, when we talked about swing instructors 10 years ago, Oh, you mean you, they were PGA professionals, right. uh, club professionals. Um, so, but now you're starting to see a more younger, uh, social media savvy, tech savvy, uh, and that's you know a big uh, shout out to uh, the technology, uh, TrackMan and, and FlightScope and Sam Putlab and, and um, all this new gadgets and, and stuff uh, that are gonna just instant feedback, you know, make your players uh, better right then and there. Um, I, I'm a big Brandel guy. Um, I, I, I just like the way uh, he is 
uh, out in the open, um, honest, brutally honest at times. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the golf channel needs that. And I think he's got a place on there for that. Um, and he's a really good compliment with a lot of those guys. Um, you know, Frank Noblo and, and, uh, Ryan Burr and, and a lot of those guys that are on there, uh, quite frequently. Um, but yeah, you know, I think, uh, I believe it was a, a golf world article or golf week article. Um, I, I just, I think to come out and say that probably wasn't the smartest move. Yeah. Um, knowing that the group of people you're talking about does so much for the game and, and not only uh, developing these players that we see each and every week on TV, but also what they do to promote the game of golf itself and all the great things that they do. Um, and a lot of our colleagues, college coaches are, are PGA professionals as well. And then kind of, uh, two job, you know, double duty. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've seen it first and foremost, how hard these guys work. And, um, I, I, I just think it was, it was not the right place to go. Um, before we, we hopped on here, I, I read, you know, listened to, uh, a clip from Sirius XM, uh, the PJ tour channel this morning, they had Michael Breed on and, and he said, I'm done. Uh, I'm done with Brandel Chambly. And, and, um, I've seen a lot of kind of, notable swing instructors uh you know get on social media uh today and 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 say that and say you know i'm not watching golf channel anymore if he's on there but um yeah just kind of one of those subjects kind of touchy um shouldn't have been said shouldn't have came out and said it um i know the contents context or whatever could have been taken uh the wrong way but um you know why especially in times like these just put your head down just work you know, you don't have to say much. You don't have to try to step on anybody. Um, he's got his role, his place in the golf world, and, and uh, the people he talked about have their place, and, and they, they love that place. So um, I, I just think it was wrong. Right. No, I'm with you 100%. You know, I think it's uh, – the reason I like Randall as a an analyst is because I think he's very honest and he's very straightforward. And when you're honest and straightforward about PGA Tour players, I'm okay with that. You know, if, if you're going to tell me that Brooks Kepka, or he said this about Rory once, you know, Rory gets hurt because he lifts weights. You know, what, whatever. That's, that's Brandel's opinion. But if you're going to say that about a PGA Tour player, I'm okay with it. But when you're going after, you know, some people who – have a very, very big foot in the part of the game that we need it. We need those people. You know what I'm saying? Like we need people who are going to get 10 year olds, 12 year olds into the game of golf. Like there's never a situation where you need to go after those guys. And, and so that, that's kind of, that's kind of what rubbed me the wrong way. Um, But I'll still watch Brandel, uh, you know, and it's kind of one of those, but, you know, I do think it, it, it there couldn't have been worse timing, especially with what some golf people are going through right now, trying to figure out how to keep their course open, you know, without with the social yeah. distancing and all that. You know, I don't think the timing was great, um, but, you know, I, I, I definitely think I could have gone without, you know, some of the things he said. Because, you know, like 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 I said, you know, both myself and you, we have players who have swing instructors, you know, and I love it. I love that they have people they go to to pick their brain and learn from. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it was the best thing that could have been said. And, uh, you know, 
I, I would say Brandel, looking back at it, does not feel good about what he said either, you know, to be honest. So, um, yeah, he, he regrets it. Um, I think he released a statement today saying, you know, they were taken, my words were taken out of context. I, I'm deeply sorry. Yeah. Um, I regret my decision to say those things. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people deserve second chances, but in today's world, uh, you know, I think those in front of the camera with a microphone uh, are too quick to say something rash and then feel like, you know, everybody's going to forgive them as long as they release a statement and say, Hey, I'm, I'm really right. sorry. But I, I, I think that the, the group of people that he's angered here are not going to let him off the hook. I truly believe they're going to hold firm. They're not going to let him off the hook. Um, and he's going to, he's going to have to kind of have some rebuilding to do with the relationship. For sure. There. No doubt. So, you know, I had, you know, my first job, uh, at a golf course, the head pro told me what, you know, what takes a lifetime to build and a second to ruin. Um, and, and that's a reputation. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think his reputation is ruined, but, uh, I think it definitely took a definitely, hit. Definitely, for sure. So, so Dan, what else you got for us? What, where else are we headed here? What, are we moving to the back nine here? Are we? Has this been the entire front nine? I think, yeah, I think that was the front nine. We're going to get a pace of um, we're going to get a pace of play uh, notice here from the USGA. That's okay. I, true red card, red <laughs> card. Um, that's okay. Um, you know, quarantine time. A lot of people have extra time. Um, to listen, um, some more, no, you know, not a whole lot of people driving to work right now. Shout out, uh, to all those people, uh, big ups to you all that are driving to work every day still. And, and, uh, especially, you know, first responders, doctors, nurses, um, everyone out there, our, our military, um, being here at West Point, I get to see it uh, firsthand every day. Um, huge shout out to, to everyone, uh, at the front lines, uh, battling this invisible enemy. For sure. Um, and then I'd like to yeah, say but, this real quick. I know I hope a bunch of your players listen to this podcast um, and I probably won't get to meet your players, but I want to thank your players and, and just for their service. You're, you're in a unique opportunity to be able to coach at army. And I really think that's a special thing. And I think your players are just absolutely outstanding. And uh, it's really a special group that you have there. So and if your players are listening, um, yeah, I just want to tell your players thanks, man. Like I think that's fantastic. So I think I love what they do. I know from everything I hear from you, they work extremely hard. Um, but but yeah, I, I love your players. I appreciate what they do for our country. So, well, I'll, I'll definitely let them know, man. Hopefully, they're they're going to listen to uh, their assistant yeah. coach uh, on the they podcast. Should. They <laughs> but yeah, it's just it it truly is an honor to be around them uh, each and every day, and. Um, you know, I think that's where we lead into next, the college game. Um, at this point, uh, we're hoping, you know, the fall season is is a full one and, and we're back at it uh, the next uh, academic year in the fall. Um, but, you know, hopefully the, the, the summer amateur uh, circuit is still a go, um, and that doesn't take too big of a hit for these guys um, and girls uh, to get out and play. Um, but yeah, you know, I hope the NCAA makes the right call. Um, it's just to me, uh, do what is right. You know, it may not always be the fair way, but it's, it's the right way, um, to do it. I, I just, in my mind, just give back, 
those players that did not complete a championship segment of their season, just give them a year back. Um, I know that's different for each sport. Basketball, you got a lot of guys that are going to obviously put their name in the NBA draft, turn pro. Um, you know, the one and done uh, movement is alive and well. But um, for golf, it's just – I think just give them a year back. You know, we, we weren't even – uh, we're probably right at the halfway point of our spring season, um, but still a lot of time left before those those conference championships and regionals and, and nationals out in Arizona. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100% there. You know, I, and and I, I hope the NCAA, I, I believe they will do this, the right thing here. I, I think that, you know, it's one of those where, you know, it's just the experience. You know, you have five years to play four years and, you know, I mean, shoot, call it the COVID-19 redshirt, you know, and I think that's that's kind of the answer here. I think that's the smart thing to do. Um, but, you know, we'll wait and see. You know, I think it's one of those where we'll see what they, they end up with and, and you know, take what we take what we get from it. Um, but, you know, I, I believe they'll do that, and, and I think they'll kind of move forward with this. And, and you know, it's definitely going to affect um, – you know, college athletics, spring college athletics, you know, for down the road for mm. a little bit. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's just an unfortunate situation for college athletics. And I think they'll do what they need to do. So, um, but, but yeah, I, I'm with you there. I hope they do the right thing. Uh, I believe they will. So, um, so we'll kind of see where that goes uh, in the next couple of weeks or wherever. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, probably at the least of our, our, our worries right now. Um, obviously for the seniors, you feel for them. Um, our senior guys definitely, uh, just, you know, nobody expected this. Um, but we'll get through it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get past it and hopefully in years down the road, uh, we'll be glad that, uh, we went through this. Um, hopefully it, it makes us stronger, uh, as society and as yeah. humanity. And, you know, speaking from, from strictly just a college golf perspective, um, you know, it's just a bummer because this is such a great time for college golf, you know, um, you know, I know at, um, at nationals, you know, college golf is now on TV and this was going to be the first year of, of a couple of years that it was going to be at the same location. Um, so it was going to kind of be a special little string of years here with the national championship being out in Arizona. Um, and so, you, you know, that, that, that's kind of the bummer for, of it for me is, you know, I love seeing college golf on TV. Obviously, I love spending the time with my players and going to events and playing and competing. Um, but college golf just has so much momentum right now. And, uh, and, you know, we're getting a little bit delayed right now, but we'll pick that right back up where it needs to go. And, uh, and we'll get that momentum back and, and college golf will still be there and we're still going to be out there competing and, and seeing great players do what they need to do. So, yeah, it's, it's as strong as it's ever been. You know, you're seeing the live streams uh, now of tournaments, even in the regular season, fall and spring. Um, and, and we'll, you know, in future episodes, we'll get to listen to some of the bright minds in, in the yeah. coaching world and in the golf world. Um, but we'll get to hear from them. And, and I think all of us as coaches can agree that it's, it's the strongest it's For ever sure. been from a viewership standpoint. Yeah. And and a player standpoint too. I mean, it, it's everywhere you look, men's and women's game, um, from from top to bottom, uh, uh, the talent level is is really high. Right Absolutely, now. yeah. No, I one hundred percent agree. So now, Dan, 
to you about the minor league golf tour. You know, we're not just a PGA tour podcast. We're not just a college golf podcast. We are every single tour that's out there. We're going to, we're going to touch on it and we're going to touch on the scores and, and maybe some guys that might be coming up or maybe some ladies that might be coming up. Uh, we're going to even branch out into the Asian tour and, and all these different tours. We're going to touch on them. Um, so the only professional golf tour that actually played last week was the minor league golf tour. And they actually played at the Fox club down in Florida. Yeah. Whoa. Now I'm not going to interrupt you, but I am going to interrupt okay. you. The cactus okay. tour cool. is playing out in Arizona on the women's okay. side. I misspoke there. I didn't realize. We were out there. Shout out yeah. cactus tour. Okay. Still going strong. So we got strong. a couple tours now. Now the, the minor league golf tour, they did just announce that they were actually going to postpone play. Uh, for the foreseeable future so they're not th- this was actually their last event last week they had an event um, the event was won by Sonny Kim who actually shot 59 in the final round 59 in the final, the final round. round of final round score of 59 to uh, the big to come back and beat Gavin Hall which might be a, a familiar name that uh, many college golf fans have seen um, shout out Rochester yeah, New York so, um, you know, he had a successful career down there at Texas. Uh, and so now he's trying to make his way uh, through the, uh, the, the mini tours. Um, but Sonny Kim came up and got him, you know, he shot that final round 59 and, and, and took it away from him. So, um, so, you know, it's great to see that there there's been some golf being played, but you know, at the end of the day, I think it was a proper move for them to go ahead and, and take a little bit of time off, you know? And I think some of those mini tour guys, are kind of in an interesting spot right now because they don't have places to play. Um, but it is the correct thing to do. Um, but it is what, you know, it is what it is. It should kind of unprecedented times that we have right now. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you feel for those guys as well, just cause they're, you know, they're fighting each and every week. Uh, a lot of those guys are, are trying to Monday qualify in um, to, to uh, corn ferry events and then, and PJ tour events. So, Feel for those guys, um, but like I said, a lot, lot bigger things going on right now in the world um, than, than, you know, a game, uh, the game we love, uh, golf. But, wow, I mean, 59. Any time a 59 is shot is just incredible, and I guarantee you uh, it was the probably the most looked over 59 in golfing history Very right true. now. Uh, I mean, unless you – you follow minor league golf tour on Instagram or, or, or any of the social media platforms. You probably didn't know, uh, 59. You probably didn't know who Sonny Kim was who, Oh, by the way, it's just one, you know, close to six figures on the minor league golf tour. So, so you know, a quick um, little thing here for you. Um, in that final round, he was nine shots back going into that final round. So think about that. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> that's, that's that. on the PGA tour. We make a big deal when somebody comes back from five back, you know, has that has that ever happened on the PJ Tour? If we have a listener yes. out there, please reach out. Has anybody ever come from nine back in the final round? It's unbelievable. The PGA Tour? You know, so I mean, you know, to be able to do that in the final round, you know, I think it's fantastic, and and obviously, um, you know, it's it's a little little silver lining during these times. You know, obviously we're talking about it, so, um, but you know, it's kind of one of those where, you know, what a round of golf that must have been. You know, and to kind of go through that and 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 finish it off, and then to, find, to actually win the golf tournament, so um, definitely means means a little bit more <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah. Um, so congrats times, so. to Sonny, and uh, 
and you you might see him on a future podcast. You might see him on the pod uh, in the future. So, um, big yeah. up, Sonny. If you're listening, yeah, let's get you on. Come Reach on, out, on, man. So we'll, we'll be happy to have you. So, um, but no, you know, so Dan, that that probably finished up our our back nine segment, which would uh, kind of recap some of the other tours out there. Um, so I want to kind of move into our 19th hole segment. Um, 19th yeah, hole. So, so what this is going to basically consist of is, is questions from some of our listeners that we have. Um, you know, these questions can go on a variety of topics. We would encourage them to be golf topics, but, you know, shoot, we'll take questions from whoever, you know. Um, so we've actually, uh, we've got a couple of questions from the gallery here. Um, the first question I have for you, Dan, this comes from a guy named Jordan Gates, good friend of mine. Um, his question is, as college coaches, how often do you watch one of your players just get absolutely vaporized? And is it hard not to laugh just a little bit when that's happening? So I want to lay this out. When he's saying vaporized, he is saying like when something goes south very quickly and bad things are happening in the golf ground. Um, so, Dan, I'll let you go first and kind of share your opinion on that. Uh, at the time, definitely not sure. laughing yeah. uh, as a coach. Uh, um, but, I mean, no, I think, you know, we've both played uh, – golf at, at a level where you know it, it's going to happen to everybody no matter if you're the best player in college golf um it, it it's going to happen at some point um i think uh just not to let it you know get to you as a coach not to let it uh feed kind of your emotions um as a coach knowing that you know they're going to look at you and look to you uh, for answers and for support during that time. So um, just kind of instilling your trust in them and confidence in them that they're just going to get it back on. Sure. I I couldn't agree more. You know, I I think that the big thing I kind of think about in this question is we've all been there. We've all kind of had, had had things go South really quickly and we know that feeling you know, and, and it's never something you ever want to see as a coach, as a competitor, anybody. You don't ever want to see a player just kind of lose it all in one hole and, and really, you know, have a tough hole like that. Um, but, you know, that's kind of as a coach, that's kind of one of those things that you kind of have to get your players to realize, hey, like I got to move past this and I have to grow from this as a player and go on from there. Um, but, you know, it, it's funny, too. I always think, you know, when that happens to a player out on the golf course, when we're at dinner that night, they will often bring it up and be like, coach, what did you think when that was happening? And, and I'm just like, I'm sitting there I'm like, well, I was thinking a lot of things. I was like, Oh my goodness. But yeah, that, that happens to all of us. And uh, it's just part of the game, you know, let me, let me eat my blooming onion first <laughs> sure. and my, my eight ounce porterhouse uh, <laughs> Outback. Uh, Outback. No free ads on this. No podcast, free ads, but, um, probably a favor for college golf coaches out that's very true that's very true so uh (laughs) let's move on to our uh let's move on to our second question here yeah let's fire uh, them up this this question actually comes uh from surprisingly the same person we actually have another question from jordan gates he must have been on on fire this week um his (laughs) next question is is backstopping 
an inappropriate move for golfers. So we're referring to uh, this was... the ball being just past the hole and, and leaving it there so that your ball might run into that ball to stop. That is what we're referring to when it comes to backstopping, Dan. Yeah, this was a huge topic uh, last was it spring, I think, in the game of golf. Um, I think we – it's one of those topics where, you know, it can go either way. I think with pace of play right now, especially in the college game, we're out there, you know, playing 36 whole days pretty much from sunup to sundown. Um, you know, say you got a, you know, a guy or a girl in the fairway, she hits her, he or she hits her shot up, balls, you know, within five feet of the hole. Another player's in the bunker uh, trying to, 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 you know, get it up and down as close to the hole as possible. I, I, I mean – I have no problem with that ball being placed there uh, or, or left there um, in that instance. But, you know, if if a player's like, hey, do you want me to mark that? And other player's like, no, just leave it there. It's good. Then that's when kind of the issue comes up and is like, all right, did you? But, uh, again, it's, it's never been written down in the rules of golf. It's just kind of one of those unwritten rules like in baseball, like, hey, if you hit one of our players, we're going to, you know, throw out your head next time around. Right. Um, but I, I just, I, I think in that, you know, it, there's different circumstances, obviously, with everything. But um, I think if it's intentional, yeah, it, it's kind of a bad look. But if not, um, if you're just kind of doing it for pace of play, um, and uh, I, I mean, if you're trying to use it to your advantage, then uh, why not? I mean, it's not anywhere in the rules, and you're not breaking a sure. rule. Yeah, and Dan, I'll actually give you an example. Um, I was playing in the Kentucky Open a couple years ago, and I had a chip from off the green, and one of my competitors' ball was about eight to ten feet past the hole. Okay, and it would it would never enter my mind that I might chip my ball to that ball. You know, like if I were to hit that kid's golf ball, I should quit the game. That's how bad of a shot it would have had yeah. to have been. You're playing in the Kentucky Open. Obviously, you're, you're <laughs> sure. a pretty good stick. Uh, but I actually had a rules official step in, and, and he told me that if I hit my chip shot, that there would be a penalty for me. And I looked at him, and I, I swear I looked at him, and I said, are you, like I just said, are you serious? Like, are you really – like, is this a dream? Because – I told him, I said, I said, one, it's not a rule. And two, it's not your place to step into a player and say that either. You know, this is where the disclaimer pops up. We as college coaches, we, we have a great standing relationship with rules officials. We never get mad at <laughs> sure. them, ever. So, but, I promise you, just like basketball coaches never get mad at the referees, we never get mad but at But it was just officials. such an odd, it was such an odd thing because, you know, the thought of me hitting that golf ball was never in my mind. You know, but it was like that rules official was looking out for it. So my thing with backstopping is, you know, if it, if the player has intent to use the golf ball, I have a problem with it. Um, but, you know, if the player – if it's not really in play for the player, then I don't think anybody needs to step in to make it a thing. You know, I think, I think that's the player's discretion, and I think it's up to the players. Um, so that's kind of my, my thing on it. But if you're out playing with your buddies – 
leave those golf balls there and play faster. So absolutely. I definitely agree with that. So, uh, yeah. Or just get somebody else to yeah. market. And then, you know, after you play, just have that same person who market, put the ball, ball right back down. down. So, uh, yeah. but, uh, so our, our third question here, it actually comes uh, from a young gentleman named AJ crush. Um, so his question is, it's a little bit of a situation here, Dan, you're about to win the masters and all you have to do is get up and down for par to win. I assume you have a fairly simple up and down. You have two club options, a USGA kids hybrid or Patrick Reed's shovel that he has recently used. Oh, Which man. Which club are you picking and why? Don't forget, man, man. you have we, to give a why there. So We, we, we went there. I didn't go there. The listener went there, so – we it, it it always reminds me of the scene in Ten Cup with Romeo yeah. uh, and Roy trying to get his clubs back, um, playing with with all the farming equipment and uh, little uh, left to right wind. I highly recommend the <laughs> shovel. Um, but in in this uh, particular instant, is it is it a left handed or right handed? It would be a left handed for you. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think the the hybrid is the more reliable play. Um, and, and plus if I was to use the other, uh, choice, it's a two stroke penalty and the tournament's lost. So I'm, I'm going to go the U S kids hybrid, um, venture, venture towards the safe side. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not afraid to admit I've chipped with a hybrid many times. Um, it's a very reliable play and, and I think I'm, I'm getting that ball up and down. More times than not with the U.S. Kids. Not hybrid. a bad option for some of our uh, higher handicapped listeners that we may have. So, um, th- my choice, Dan, my, my choice would be the kids hybrid, and I'll tell you why. It's because the drive, chip, and putt. There's no other explanation on why I would pick that except for that. You know, I think, you know, with the with Augusta National having that event there, I think it's only a uh, – I think I would get a little bit of good mojo using the kids hybrid. Uh, so, Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Those kids are, are making 15 footers left and right on my chip in. You never know. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, just end it, end it with authority Absolutely. end it with a bank. So uh, one final question uh, from our listeners out there. Uh, this, this question comes from uh, actually, uh, you know, somebody who's kind of close to me here, actually one of the, uh, my best man in my wedding. His name's Tyler Potts. Um, it, yeah, T-Potts. he's the guy. If, if if you look at him every once in a while, he might look like Justin Timberlake. They have a, a small uh, resemblance there. Um, but his question is, this is a pretty good question. Um, if you could build your bag out of attributes of players, who would be in your bag? And what attribute would you be using for theirs? So let's do this, Dan. We'll do driving, iron play, wedges, and putting. So, so for is it is it just PGA Tour players or PGA and LPGA wow. and anybody? We'll do in the game anybody in the game of golf. Man, I, I mean, we we were on our spring break trip in Florida uh, this past February, and we we're fortunate enough to be out at. Uh, Trump International West Palm Beach, um, the home course to Lexi Thompson 
And Lexi was out there practicing and hitting drivers, and I'm pretty sure it was going further than mine. <laughs> um, and and on a uh, just a dead rope uh, on a string. So uh, driving um, on the women's side, I would definitely have to say Lexi Thompson. Okay. Uh, just seeing it uh, firsthand. Um, iron play, no-brainer. Uh, my man uh, from the south, um, you know, anybody that can that can play golf in a fishing shirt and get away with it, uh, my man Boo nice Weekly. Um, his, historically the best iron player on PJ Tour. You yeah. can't argue that. I'm with you. Uh, wedge play, uh, obviously, uh, Phil. Um but we could, we could, you know, you could separate that into two categories, kind of eighty to one twenty-five, and uh, you know, yes. around the greens. So what do you like? Should we do that, or do you think just say Phil? Let's let's wedge game? let's let's split it up. I think that we should split that up because Phil's wedge game from eighty to one twenty-five is at times a little suspect. So I would he's 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 money around the greens, obviously, but I would definitely like to see you split that up. All right, I'll go. I mean, since strokes gained uh, from eighty to one twenty-five has been a stat on the PGA Tour. Who has led it? Your boy. We will sing one song for my old Kentucky home, the Kentucky boy He's Justin. Really Thomas. good from that yardage. I'm not gonna lie to you. He's. I would. I would think. You would have and to go. With he is team. very good friends with Jordan Spieth, by the way. So, you know, I mean, it, it, that's the guy. So, uh, yeah, really? I know that hasn't been said very often, but he is good friends with Jordan Spieth. So, yeah, yeah do no. tell me more. <laughs> Just kidding. Let's continue. Uh, putting, man, I, I, you got to go with Tiger. Sure. I mean, the the best putter of the golf ball. Um, I think. Uh, our man Brandel Chambly would agree. Um, best putter of the golf ball, um, I think, right now in the game still. Um, so that's mine. Uh, Lexi Thompson driving, Boo Weekly iron play, JT, uh, 80 to 125, Phil, wedge game around the greens, um, and then Tiger uh, with the putter, the flat stick, um, not Mr. Not Three Wiggle. Very good. That, I mean, that's pretty sharp. Um, T, right back at you. Let's hear. So, it. if I had to pick one person on the planet to hit drives for me, um, I would probably pick. I'd probably pick a guy named Brooks Kepka, uh, just because I just seen I've seen him hit golf balls up close once, and there's like a vortex when he hits drivers um, that you almost get lost in, and I would love to have him hit drives for me. That's actually the voice. That's the sound that makes right there. Yeah, you just made it. Yeah, it's like a. It's like a. Uh, yeah. So airplane. I would love to sit back and watch him hit drives for me every single day. Um, I'm going to make a little bit of a reference here. Um, we had a college teammate um, that that I would love to hit iron shots for me, and his name is Billy Peel. He's one. Of, he's a great amateur player. William Peel, Peel the He's fourth. a great player. Look him up. He's a he's he's one of these up and coming mid amateur guys. He actually qualified for the USGA four ball that was supposed to be in May, but it got canceled. Gosh, he was that, crushed. Uh, I would he love to watch Billy 
hit iron shots for me all day. Um, actually, when I was on my recruiting visit to Eastern Kentucky University on what used to be <laughs> the fifth hole at Arlington, a little par three, it's about you know, 215 from the back tee. Billy hits a shot in there to about three feet. And that was my first impression of Billy Peel. So I would love to have him hit iron shots for me. Um, my wedge distance from about 80 to 125. It's tough for me not to pick Justin Thomas. Um, but I'm going to pick a guy who hit, has hit a couple good wedge shots throughout his career. Um, I'm actually going to pick a guy named Tiger Woods. He hits a few good wedges here and there. Boom. But around sure the does. greens specifically, I would actually like to have JT chipping for me around the greens. I, I, I've played him a couple times throughout the years, and I've always thought his short game was kind of what made him stick out and his variety of shots around the greens. So, um, And then on the greens putting, um, I would love to have um, – yeah, I love his method of putting. It's so simple. Uh, Steve Stricker. I would love to have Strix putting for me. And uh, he's definitely an elder statesman in the game now. Uh, but, man, that guy could roll it for me any day of the week. I would love to have him putt for me. So, Strick yeah. Daddy. Fighting a lineup. Yeah, Ryder Cup Illinois. Captain. Ryder Cup this next year. So Ryder, Ryder Cup captain. It, it will be played. It will yes, be Yes, the Ryder played. Cup will be played. I, I, that has not been postponed yet. So, but yeah, 100%. So, so that's what I got. And that, that that's all the questions we have for this week. Um, so that kind of wraps up our 19th hole segment. So that's where we're at. If li- listeners out there, send yes, in your please questions. send them in. Send we'll them get in. to them. Dan, why don't you episode. share your Instagram and Twitter um, so that way people can give us a follow as well. Coach underscore DeLuca, Instagram. Oh, man, this is bad. I'll have to check Twitter. And that bad. I'll go ahead and step in here, Dan. I am CSU Coach Riggs. CSU underscore Coach Riggs. So, and Riggs is R-I-G-G-S. So. All right, so on the Twitter, at WP underscore Coach DeLuca. And then on the Absolutely. IG, the Graham. Do it for the Graham. Coach underscore DeLuca. Give us a follow. Yeah, I would like to give out. a shout out. I would like to give a shout out uh, to you. Got anything else? Podcast that myself and you listen to at least once a week. I think that's important. Um, I think it's important to give a shout out to uh, some other people who are doing this podcast thing and 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 get our listeners listening to both. So I'd like to give a shout out to our man Mitchell Moore, who's out at Colorado State. Um, he's the assistant women's coach out there. Um, he started a podcast called Coaches Connection. Uh, it's primarily a, uh, a coach's podcast and, and, and a lot of really good things going on with that podcast. I actually gave it a listen for the first time today. Uh, very positive. Learned some great stuff from actually UCLA's coach uh, that he had on there and I uh, thought it was some really good stuff. So I think that's, uh, I think it's always important to give some shout outs. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing with our podcast is, is we're going to have cool people on here. We're going to talk to some people and, uh, and we're going to talk golf and, and, uh, and we're going to, you know, kind of follow the game of golf and where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next episode, special guest. Uh, yeah. You'll have to stay tuned um, for the next one. See who it is. Get some insight. Um, big time, though. Um, we're here. We're recording. We wanted to put some, some uh, nuggets of information out there. 
uh, not just uh, as college coaches from the college game, but but also just overall in the world I think of that's golf. Great. I think it's perfect. Uh, on so the men and women's side. The next podcast that we will have be coming out will come out on Monday, I believe. And that will, that will be out uh, with one of our special guests that we will have. Monday. Uh, and we're looking forward to it. So, yeah, be perfect. March 30th, a great day in the history uh, of this country. Very, uh, absolutely. A very special person. Legend was born that day, so. Looking forward to it. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we've got for uh, our maiden voyage here at What the Four. Uh, Appreciate it, Dan. That what one's a two. This one's a three.